This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to join us on today's special welcome to those of you joining us for the first time. We're going to continue our potpourri segment as we're taking a little sort of a mini break in between some of our our UXer symposium sessions. We have the new UXers. There's a mid-level UXer symposium session coming up. Looking forward to sharing more there and then getting back to some of our interviews. But in the meantime, we're just sharing some some different uh, thoughts on some topics that have been at front of mind recently, whether it's been through social media posts, different conversations, just different things happening in the discipline at large. Uh, last week, we talked about the or gave my input, I should say, on the topic of whether or not UX is dying. There's always people talking about what you need to do to stand out. So we gave some input about that. And then we talked about this terrible thing that's happening in UX today with regard to this ongoing sanctioning of unauthorized voices. And so you can tune in to last week's session. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going back through any of that, but we're going to dive in in a few moments, just picking up where we left off and going through our list. I, I don't know why I thought I was going to cover all these things last week. There's absolutely no way that was going to get done. There are a couple of topics that are a couple of things I want to cover before we get into our, our actual topics. Uh, thanks to all of you who, who did join us for the masterclass last week. It was a huge success. Had an absolute ball over 700 people registered for that. It It was great. The recording will be available soon. So those of you who have, or either will have memberships to interaction design foundation, it's my understanding you will have some kind of access. I'm not quite sure how that works, but it will be available there. You will not find it out in the free interwebs. It will not be available out there, but I will be continuing to talk about that topic. This is a year where I intended on spending a great deal of time talking about UX maturity, no matter what type of UX maturity it is. So no doubt you will see things like that in the not too distant future uh, via the podcast, via other talks, that I'm doing. I did a talk earlier this year for University of Michigan on somewhat the same topic, but from a broader perspective. So you can tap into that as well. But the master class was a little different the way that we did that. So um, look forward to hearing feedback about that, hearing your thoughts. There were there were some hypotheses that were presented in the midst of that. So we look forward to seeing how things work out. I know that what was presented will work. The question is how many people will will actually adopt it because people have a tendency to pretty much ignore what I'm saying, even though they, it always ends up coming to pass. So you do that. That's totally up to you to blow it off, but it's going to come back and bite you. And, and you might want to take a close look at the people who do listen to me because they are quite successful. And that is not a coinkadink or coincidence for those of you who don't have any three students history. <laughs> I'm saying that somebody might not understand 
what I'm trying to say. So the masterclass was great. Thanks to those of you who did turn out for the UX Chit Chat Hour. I, I do want to remind people of one thing. As you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I don't mince words. I don't pull punches. I do not coddle people. And I think some people came out to the UX Chit Chat Hour and they heard me say something and, and got shocked. And I'm like, I am not. It doesn't do anybody any favors to pull punches. It, it doesn't help. If somebody has, if somebody's driving a truck and they're falling asleep, you can't stroke their shoulder to try to get them to wake up. You you need to 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 do something to jostle them to get them them to wake up so that nobody dies. It, it's it amazes me that some people have such a lack of of they they, they just do not have an ability to understand when there's something critical at hand. They don't have the, that's the phrase I was looking for. They, they don't have a sense of urgency about themselves. And, and I tell people all the time, we're talking about a discipline that's just barely over 20 years old. It is a discipline that always needs maintenance. It's a discipline that needs constant uh, uh, maintenance and, 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 and assistance and, representation. We're the ones that people don't understand when you go to meetings. We're the one that everybody wants to either take our work away from us or democratize it. And and if you don't take a stand for UX the way that it needs to be represented, then it's doing the discipline of gross disservice. And it's amazing how many people there are out here who are either practitioners. And I'm not, not just talking about new practitioners. I'm talking about people who've been around for a while who would rather stroke egos and play the the toxic positivity game instead of of realizing, hey, there's something at risk here and we need to take particular action in order to secure ourselves in the midst of it. And I've been doing this kind of stuff for a long time, way before I started doing UX-oriented work. So I understand how to survive. I, I know how to thrive. I know how to build people up. I've been doing counseling for over 40 years. I know how to help people pull themselves up out of pits and and to make sure that they get somewhere where they're going to be stable. They're going to be safe. They're going to be successful. So this is not just a UX oriented uh, mode of thinking that I'm addressing here, but it just amazes me how many people see the, the foolishness that's going on in the midst of the discipline and just don't want to address it. They, they, they'd rather make people feel good. They'd rather, rather rally people into their corner instead of telling people what they need to know. And, and I, so if you listen to the podcast, you should know that if you come to an event, if you come to one of my talks, I don't play games. We, we, we simply don't do it. And there are not a lot of people out there who carry themselves in that manner. And, and one of the things that happened was I made mention of somebody who has a very big name in UX circles, relatively big name, I guess you could say. And and this particular individual, while they have a, a reputation of being someone who's well structured or well founded, well grounded in the in the discipline, happens actually happens to be a troll. And the person trolled me once. I I told the story. I, I reached out to that person. I let them know that what they did, they took a social media post that I made rearrange the words to make it look like I was saying something else. And they did it to rally people into their corner to make me look like I was a boogeyman and to rally people into their corner because they were going to make money out of it because they sell courses. 
they sell UX courses. That's what you call monetizing character assassination. That's what that is. Now, here's the thing that really gets me. It's not so much of that. It, it, if somebody's a dirtbag, they're a scumbag, they're, they're a dirtbag, and they're a scumbag. That's just all to it. And, and truth be told, you can't be a dirtbag or a scumbag and really excel at UX. You can find a job. You can get a paycheck. Over time, those kind of people are going to sink because you cannot turn off care, concern, and respect for others on and off and still be successful at UX because that's at the core of what we do as UX professionals. But I'm not so much concerned about that. It's these people who will say things like, why are you saying something about that person while that person is not here? I don't respect that. And I'm thinking, oh, really? You mean like the way that they did it to me? You know, I'm just citing facts. <laughs> these people are, they engage in character assassination, which anybody listening to this podcast for any length of time knows that I'm a hugely, just, just feverishly, passionately against character assassination, it, it, especially in UX, and especially when it has to do with people, when it's targeting people who are fighting for the well-being of our discipline. When people do that, it is a direct affront to the discipline. And you can't fight against somebody who's standing for the discipline and then say that you're for the discipline of which the person that came up is definitely not doing. It's about putting money in their pocket and they made money off of basically killing me. And and then, and then people want to, they want to get upset because I said something. I'm telling you what the person did. I'm responding to what they did. Then the person wants to flip it, act like I'm the aggressor that's just asinine. That is downright asinine to do something like that and then ignore what the other person did, which is why so many people get away with so much filth because some people know that the people they're supporting are guilty, but they like them so much and they embrace them so much and they, they're, they're so, so bound by their own biases that they're willing to just shoot down the innocent person or the person who has the lesser amount of support and then run in, in, in into the corner of the person who who is really guilty. They know the person is guilty. They've seen the person do it. These people are out here trying to say that if you're, if you're taking a stand for the discipline, you're a gatekeeper. All the while, when people do that, they're telling you that they're ignorant because there's nothing wrong with gatekeeping. There's nothing wrong with it. Matter of fact, we suffer as a discipline because we do not embrace gatekeeping and we're not going to get anywhere as a discipline until we do. Everybody has gatekeeping and they do it the right way. The thing is that in UX, people have redefined gatekeeping. They represent it as something that it's not. They make gatekeepers look like boogeymen and then they get all these people who are entering the discipline or who are more interested in protecting people's feelings instead of ensuring their 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 success and and they're feeding on them through fear-mongering. If there was no gatekeeping, a witch doctor would be providing your the, the upcoming surgery you need. If there was no gatekeeping, you would have people who are not skilled doing the accounting for your organization. If there was no gatekeeping, you could go to a car dealership and any Joe Blow could work on your vehicle instead of somebody who's actually certified. There is, 
I mean, actually passing tests, not these people who claim to be certified in UX circles today. That's another thing that we'll talk about at another time, a little bit more than I already have. Folks, how can you say that somebody shouldn't say something when they're responding to what somebody else did? So when you take the the attacked person's ability to respond away, you're basically sanctioning what the criminal did. And these type of things are happening all too often in UX circles today, either that or the people who just want to coddle. There are people who were, as I mentioned last week, about the the whole thing about, about uh, UX dying. People who have a name in the discipline are talking about this and they're not addressing it. Another thing that's coming up is that you have these people who are saying now, as we sort of segue into our topics, you have a, a very uh, prominent people in UX are now saying, you know, why do we call ourselves UX? We should call ourselves something else. And they're making a big deal about it. Is it something worth discussing? Eh, it, it, it's worth a discussion. It's, it's something we can entertain. But when somebody gets on a soapbox and they, they sort of elevate it where it becomes like a top five topic, that is a huge crime against the discipline because these are the same people who don't want to address the things that are actually hurting us. It's funny. They want to talk about whether or not we should be called UX. Meanwhile, they say nothing about all of the stuff that's going on with regard to, to the rise of the product designer and how a lot of product designers, really the way that that role is, is, is being deployed in a lot of organizations is a way to present somebody who appears to be doing UX work, but they're actually order takers. They're actually trying to just make things pretty. They're not bringing any of the critical thinking or the voice of reason into the process, which is the difference between the UX person, a real UX person, a pure UX person, and a product designer, the average product designer. So do we really want success? Sometimes I question if people really want success. It, It seems like a lot of people, they just want the job they or they want the, the job, but they don't want to do the work. And I've said that before. They want the paycheck, but they don't want the responsibility. They want the, the prestige, but they don't want the accountability. And all the while, when people, and there's a ton of people doing that in UX circles today, when that happens, it deals a black eye to UX, leaving those who are fighting for the discipline, who do respect the discipline, who do truly want to be skilled in the discipline to fight and and to spend a bunch of time and energy that we shouldn't have to be spending because if everybody in the discipline did this, we'd all be better off. Look at the medical field. And I know, don't, 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 don't nitpick and say that comparing medical with UX is not fair. You can compare anything if you're trying to make a point. And my point is that that in the medical field, that every doctor, the vast, vast, vast majority of them, yeah, you got, you got scumbags everywhere. And there's scumbag doctors too. But basically, when you go to a doctor, they have the Hippocratic Oath. They have things where they're trying to look out for their patients, they're diagnosing you. They have standards. They have things that they make sure that they do. And, and you you are pretty much going to see doctors unified from the perspective that they're trying to take their practices 
forward and not just so they can pay their car note. In UX, so you don't, it doesn't have to be something that's on the same exact line from a professional standpoint. In UX, we don't have that. We don't have, I'm not talking about the standards, and they're actually our standards. There's a bunch of people trying to come in here and blow the standards up because they don't want to learn them. So they claim that we don't have standards just so they can just do whatever they want to do because they're always trying to license anarchy in the midst of, of UX, and that's not good. But you have too many people who are in UX circles today that just don't care about the well-being of the discipline. I've seen people come together, especially a lot of these meetups today. They come together, and all they want to do is cater to new UXers. I have seen this a lot. I'm sure some of you hearing me say that. When you think about it, you've seen it too. They just cater to the new UXer. Everything. I, I went to an event recently, and, and I've gone to several events where this, ha this happened, where everything just revolves around whatever the you, the new UXers want. That's criminal. That's criminal. Why are we allowing people who have absolutely no idea, in many cases, nothing against it, but it's true, have absolutely no idea where we're going to dictate where we're going? Does that make sense? The new UXers are coming to people like me they're coming to other seasoned professionals to get guidance, to get input, to get directives, to get insight, not to come and tell us what to do, but there's a lot of people who lack leadership, but they're in a position of influence. And when people who lack leadership and don't have the scruples that are required to function, to optimize operation in leadership, when these people are in these positions and then folks come to them, they just say, well, what do you want to do? They just flip it back on the people. That's like having kids raise themselves. And we're not calling you kids. You understand what I'm saying? It's it, it's really sad. It, it, and this is why we suffer. And people won't tell you this is, this is something that's at the root of a lot of the layoffs that have taken place in the world of UX because a lot of these people are are running like just pretty much roughshod out there. They don't bring uh, any any value to their organizations. They take orders. They don't push back. There's no voice of reason. The whole time they're rejoicing because they're collecting this, this big paycheck. And then people are sitting there watching them, engaging them, and realizing these folks aren't doing anything. We don't need all of these people. This is why somebody like Shopify, and I'm calling them out now this time, who had over 900 people on their UX team, they, they were able to get rid of a third of them. And that was the first layoff. There was another wave of, of layoffs at Shopify again recently. Number one, who needs 900 UX people? Yeah, that's a problem right off the bat. But then they turned around and got rid of another wave of people. And this type of thing makes no sense. If somebody understands that for every dollar you invest in UX, you get X number of dollars in return. Number one, that's that's information that, that started to circulate. And the more that information circulated, the more you started seeing corporations want to bring the work in-house instead of giving it to the creative agencies. And people who just got in UX don't know that. That's another thing, too. There's too many people who know nothing about the history of UX trying to determine our trajectory. They don't know where we've been. And, and until you know where we've been, you can't possibly know where we're going. 
So folks need to be careful with that. And if you're partaking of that content, you need to watch yourself as well. You need to be more selective because those people don't have anything really to share with us here. But back to my point, for every dollar you invest in UX, you get X number dollars in return. There are some reports that say anywhere from 10 to $100 on that dollar. I've seen reports that say it's anywhere from 10 to $250. But the thing is, you only get that return on investment if you do it the right way. So when organizations got upset and felt that their UX teams were not bringing value, they failed to recognize that they didn't do it right. They didn't pay any attention to UX maturity. They hired non-UXers to run their UX teams. And, and then that non-UXer who didn't really care about UX and only cared about the paycheck and the fact that they were getting a position that they knew they didn't deserve, but they want that paycheck, so they're not going to say anything. They're going to go ahead and accept that role. They kept hiring the same kind of people. It is unbelievable how frequent something like this is in the UX community. So you end up with these teams that and some of them get really, really large and it's very, very rare that people actually know what they're doing. I know people who have gotten staff UX jobs who had no idea, never done UX work a day in their life. Absolutely no reason they should have received a position like that, but they got it. And that person was probably in, in, in there because their company had layoffs and they probably got let go too. And they weren't doing anything and their boss wasn't doing anything and the teams around them weren't doing anything. Are they getting that ROI? On that dollar? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, and then they interview people who are seasoned. They interview people if the if the person, the seasoned person gets that far. Because many times they don't. The inter they interview people, they don't hire them, they don't bring them in, they're afraid of them, they're intimidated by them, they don't want to be accountable to the types of things that we know. It's really, really sad. I know so many skilled UXers, some can't get interviews right now. Some get interviews, don't get the jobs. Some only get contract work. And if contract work is better than no work, so so power to you if you can get that. And that's what you need. And that, that helps for the time being. That's great. But UX, the world of UX is grossly dysfunctional. And for the most part, it's our fault. <laughs> it's, actually, it's our fault because of what we fail to represent, what we put up with. We, we, we see things, we, we, we don't mind people. I, I interacted with somebody on LinkedIn in the past week who tried to come up with another new title. And folks just keep, they're just pulling these titles out of their rears and, from, and, and just, oh, there they are. We, we should call ourselves UX. We want to code. We should call ourselves, we're the UX coders. All power to the UX coders. The person had no experience in UX, didn't know that there used to be a a trend of people trying to establish what they call UX developers. There's no such thing as a UX developer. And I told them there's no such thing as a UX coder either. It, it, it's amazing that people just keep on coming up with stuff. They, you know, people talk because they have a voice box. Your brain is above your voice box. It would be great if people would take time to think things through instead of, of just blurting things out and subjecting things to scrutiny, to examining whether something is trustworthy or reliable before sharing it with the masses. Because especially when you when you come across new UXers, because they see and hear this stuff, and they think that it's okay, because after all, you've got two years, you've got three years, you've got five years, you've got more experience than me. 
I've seen people with 10 and 15 years of experience that spread UX misinformation. They shouldn't be, but they are. I've seen people who've been doing UX for, for 10 years who are afraid, 15 and 20 years, who are afraid to tell people something that's going to make them feel bad because they don't understand that when you treasure somebody's feelings above their purpose, that that's actually a psychological, a cognitive, and an intellectual crime. People lack ethics. People lack what they need. And, and, and then people are listening to me right now. Darren, all this stuff you're talking about is negative. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? What's going to happen to the people who don't know? What's going to happen to the people who are, have you seen people be victimized by ignorance of these things? Have you seen people frustrated because of what they do and don't know? Have you seen people be taken advantage of by people in companies that are in power because the UX people are not empowered through knowledge? through the things that we know they're supposed to help us stand. I am, am just, <laughs> it's amazing that people are willing to tolerate things that are damnable and things that are destructive for all the wrong reasons. Do you want UX to succeed? Do you want us to go forward? Do you care about what you're doing? Do you really care about your users? Do you care about your stakeholders? Do you care about the organization that you're in? It's time. This is a, I, I'm, I didn't even get to the topics today. There was, that, that, was, that was the first segue topic that was actually interjected. I wasn't planning on covering this last week, but it just amazes me. And, and, and no, this is not there. You really sound angry. No, it's called passion. It's called passion. People need to start calling things what they are. And, and stop putting a spin on it for whatever God knows the reason is that they're doing it. You know, it's called passion. Go get some. Maybe if if some other people had some passion, maybe I wouldn't have to even talk about this stuff. Somebody told me once I was at a meetup and somebody told me uh, once I said, I said, I'm about to say something. I thought I should forewarn them about something I was about to share. And the person said, I said, well, uh, this is going to ruffle some feathers. And somebody said, who, you? And I said, uh, at first, I'm, when I heard them say it, I'm going, no, please, really? This is what I was thinking. And don't think that when I go on these shows and such, that I always say what I'm thinking, I don't. And I, but I, this time I said something out loud and I said, if other people would take a stand instead of leaving it to me and the other few people that are willing to say what needs to be said, I wouldn't have to even say this. It appears I'm being radical when in fact, the things that I'm saying, it, it's amazing. And uh, in 2011, I said that UX is under siege. 2011, 2012, I started talking about that. Very small circles, but I started talking about it. In 2014, because I was starting to be outspoken and people were starting to hear that and people don't like outspoken. They, they brand you. They, they think you're a troublemaker when, in fact, the troublemakers are the people who are keeping their mouths shut. They're the people who are paving the way and inviting trouble in. So let, let, how about we call it what it is today? So they didn't want me to talk too much <laughs> back in at this talk I did in 2014. So they wanted me to do something David Letterman style. And Darren, can you just come in and just talk about 
what you feel are the 10 things that we learned from 2013 in UX. And they knew that by keeping me to 10 minutes, I wasn't going to be able to say too much. That's what they were thinking. And so I I did this David Letterman style talk. And those of you not familiar with David Letterman, he's a old talk show host and he was famous for, I mean, look it up on YouTube, David Letterman top 10 list, and you'll see some examples to give you an idea of what I did. So, because the talk was not recorded and I might actually go through it again. So we, because that's roughly 10 years ago and say, okay, where have those things come since then? But at any rate, the top thing on the list was, and I, oh, by the way, I talked about LX, uh, which somebody else claimed that they coined that. I, I've talked about LX in public speaking events because I did speaking before that time that was not UX related, just for the record, just so you know. But I mentioned you, I mentioned LX, I mentioned that the that learning experience, the I trying the inserting of UX principles into instructional design was starting to to happen. I began to see it. And I've been doing it for some time, but I started, I saw an uptick. So I, I mentioned that. But my point that I'm trying to get to is that the number one thing on that list was the rise of the poser. The rise of the poser. That there was a massive volume of people that were coming into the discipline that did not know anything about UX. And, and that's not necessarily a crime. When you're at the entry level, you don't know a lot about UX of many entry-level people. So so please hear it the right way. What I'm trying to get at is that when I said that these people are coming in and they don't know anything, they didn't know anything and they didn't want to know anything. That is the problem. There were people who were falsifying their credentials, people who were claiming that they had experience that they did not have. I began to notice this happen massively. When I made that statement, there was roughly 100, 125 people or so minimally at this event. The place erupted in laughter when I said that. They laughed me to scorn. They told me when I said that we were under siege, folks told me to shut up. They said I was crazy. They said I didn't know what I was talking about. In 2014, they laughed me to scorn and they ignored me. Take a look at where we are now. Take a look at it. Was I crazy? Was I misguided? Was I misinformed? Or have these people now pretty much taken over <laughs> and, and, and leaving uh, the scant few people like me who are willing to stand up for the discipline to try to sound the alarm because we're not beyond repair. We are not hopeless. We are not doomed. But... If we continue on the trajectory that we are currently on, we will be. And so I keep saying things and people keep blowing me off and they keep trying to find ways to spin it. And, and it's just amazing the things that people see, the things people say, the things that people do and how people are willing to turn a blinded eye to that which is critical. And you can't do that in anything in life and not suffer the consequences. And that's where we are today. As we get ready to wrap up, and I'll, I'll just pick up with the, with the actual list again next week. But as we get ready to wrap up here, I mean, think about it. Process. Don't get caught up in, in the tone of voice per se. Please look at what we're trying to share with you because this is a plea to the UX community that we need to wake up 
We need to recognize that there is a great need for a sense of urgency in our discipline today. We have a lot of people who are positioning themselves as influencers, positioning themselves as leaders, and they're they're anything but, but they have huge audiences. There are people who should be listened to. We're getting blown off. There are people who are being brought in to run UX teams by people who don't know anything about UX. So of course they're going to hire people that don't know anything about UX and they're going to do things to the best of their ability. I'm talking about the people who hired the folks, uh, but the best of your ability is not what you should be, be staking your future on. You need to do things from an expert level if you plan to have expert results. And so then those people bring in people who don't know anything about UX. And I've seen a lot of those people also, they, they have great exposure and access to people who could come in and do jobs, even if they're working under the non-UXer and they simply don't do it. These things are critical. They need our attention. It can no longer be ignored. It can no longer be, have a spin put on it to make it appear to be something else. And until we develop a sense of urgency and become, make yourself a committee of one to learn the discipline the right way, to represent the discipline the right way, until these things happen, folks, the downward spiral continues. The calling white, black, and black, white, presenting red as green and green as red, presenting up as down and down as up, as long as these types of things continue, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer. And and people are not going to respond until it hits them where it hurts, uh, in the pocket. <laughs> and, and, and when people start realizing, standing up, taking a stand, pushing back, having the ability to do it, the willingness to do it, having the diplomacy to do it, the scruples to do it, the integrity to do it. It takes integrity to demonstrate integrity. And, and that's something that is sorely missing in the discipline today. So I hope that this plea does not fall on deaf ears. I hope that people realize that these things are indeed needed. Folks have made it a point to ignore me throughout the years. You can't ignore I me. Mean, remove the person. Look at the content. And you can't ignore facts and get anywhere. If things just don't work that way. So I do not recall ranting like this, uh, uh, but just really, I, I feel so passionate about what we're sharing today. And I hope people take it to heart and I hope people hear it for what it really is and don't make it to be something else. Cause our, our community is overrun by trolls today too. So I won't be surprised if that happens, but at any rate, we're going to, we're going to just wrap up this potpourri session here and we'll pick up next week with the rest of the list. So that's all the time we have for today, folks. So until next time, this is the host of the world of UX, Darren Hood. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.